Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Today we are reading Jeremiah chapters 46 through 48. The following messages were given to Jeremiah the prophet from the Lord concerning foreign nations. This message concerning Egypt was given in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, the king of Judah, on the occasion of the battle of Carchemish, when Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, and his army were defeated beside the Euphrates River by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Prepare your shields and advance into battle. Harness the horses and mount the stallions. Take your positions, put on your helmets. Sharpen your spears and prepare your armor. But what do I see? The Egyptian army flees in terror. The bravest of its fighting men run without a backward glance. They are terrorized at every turn, says the Lord. The swiftest runners cannot flee. The mightiest warriors cannot escape. By the Euphrates River to the north, they stumble and fall. Who is this, rising like the Nile at flood time, overflowing all the land? Is the Egyptian army overflowing all the land? Boasting that it will cover the earth like a flood, destroying cities and their people. Charge, you horses and chariots. Attack, you mighty warriors of Egypt. Come, all you allies from Ethiopia, Libya, and Lydia who are skilled with shield and bow. For this is the day of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, a day of vengeance on his enemies. The sword will devour until it is satisfied, yes, until it is drunk with your blood. The Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will receive a sacrifice today in the north country beside the Euphrates River. Go up to Gilead to get medicine, O virgin daughter of Egypt. But your many treatments will bring you no healing. The nations have heard of your shame. The earth is filled with the cries of despair. Your mightiest warriors will run into each other and fall down together. Then the Lord gave the prophet Jeremiah this message about King Nebuchadnezzar's plans to attack Egypt. Shout it out to Egypt. Publish it to the cities of Medgal, Memphis, and Tanaphilis. Mobilize for battle, for the sword will devour everyone around you. Why have your warriors fallen? They cannot stand, for the Lord has knocked them down. They stumble and fall over each other and say among themselves, Come, let's go back to our people, to the land of our birth. Let's get away from the sword of the enemy. There... They will say, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is a loudmouth who missed his opportunity. As surely as I live, says the king, whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies, one is coming against Egypt who is as tall as Mount Tabar or as Mount Carmel by the sea. Pack up. Get ready to leave for exile, you citizens of Egypt. 
The city of Memphis will be destroyed without a single inhabitant. Egypt is as sleek as a beautiful heifer, but a horsefly from the north is on its way. Egypt's mercenaries have become like fattened calves. They too will turn and run, for it is a day of great disaster for Egypt, a time of great punishment. Egypt flees, silent as a serpent gliding away. The invading army marches in. They come against her with axes like woodsmen. They will cut down her like people, her people like trees, says the Lord. For they are more numerous than locusts. Egypt will be humiliated. She will be handed over to people from the north. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will punish Amnon, the God of Thebes, and all the other gods of Egypt. I will punish its rulers and Pharaoh too, and all who trust in him. I will hand them over to those who want to be want them killed, to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and his army. But afterward, the land will recover from the ravages of war. I, the Lord, have spoken. But do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, for I will bring you home again from distant lands, and your children will return from their exile. Israel, will return to life to a life of peace and quiet and no one will terrorize them do not be afraid jacob my servant for i am with you says the lord i will completely destroy the nations to which i have exiled you but i will not completely destroy you i will discipline you but with justice i cannot let you go unpunished This is the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah concerning the Philistines of Gaza before it was captured by the Egyptian army. This is what the Lord says. A flood is coming from the north to overflow the land. I will destroy the land and everything in it, cities and people alike. People will scream in terror and everyone in the land will wail. Hear the clatter of stallions' hooves and the rumble of wheels as the chariots rush by. Terrified fathers run madly without a backward glance at their helpless children. The time has come for the Philistines to be destroyed, along with their allies from Tyre and Sidon. Yes, the Lord is destroying the remnant of the Philistines, those colonists from the island of Crete. Gaza will be humiliated, its head shaved bald. Ashkelon will lie silent. You remnant from the Mediterranean coast, how long will you cut yourselves in mourning? Now, O sword of the Lord, when will you be at rest again? Go back in your sheath. Rest and be still. But how can it be still when the Lord has sent it on a mission? For the city of Ashkelon and the people living along the sea must be destroyed. This message was given concerning Moab. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. 
What sorrow awaits the city of Nebo? It will soon lie in ruins. The city of Caratharam will be humiliated and captured. The fortress will be humiliated and broken down. No one will ever brag about Moab again. For in Heshbon there is a plot to destroy her. Come, they say, we will cut her off from being a nation. The town of Madmen, too, will be silenced. The sword will follow you there. Listen to the cries from Horaram. Cries of devastation and great destruction. All Moab is destroyed. Her little ones will cry out. Her refugees weep bitterly, climbing the slope to Luhith. They cry out in terror, descending the slope of Horaram. Flee for your lives. Hide in the wilderness, because you have trusted in your wealth and skill. You will be taken captive. Your god, Shemosh, with its priests and officials, will be hauled off to distant lands. All the towns will be destroyed, and no one will escape, either on the plateaus or in the valleys, for the Lord has spoken. Oh, that Moab had wings, so she could fly away, for her towns will be left empty, with no one living in them. Cursed are those who refuse to do the Lord's work, who hold back their swords from shedding blood. From his earliest history, Moab has lived in peace, never going into exile. He is like wine that has been allowed to settle. He has not been poured from flask to flask. He is now fragrant and smooth. But the time is soon coming, says the Lord, when I will send men to pour him out of his jar. They will pour him out and then shatter the jar. At last, Moab will be ashamed of his idol, Shemosh, as the people of Israel were ashamed of their gold calf at Bethel. He used to boast, we are heroes, mighty men of war, but now Moab and its, his towns will be destroyed. His most promising youth are doomed to slaughter, says the king, whose name is the Lord of Heaven's armies. Destruction is coming fast for Moab. Calamity threatens ominously. You friends of Moab, weep for him and cry. See how the strong scepter is broken, how the beautiful staff is shattered. Come down from your glory and sit in the dust, you people of Dibon. For those who destroy Moab will shatter Dibon, too. They will tear down all your towers, you people of Aor. Stand beside the road and watch. Shout to those who flee from Moab. What has happened there? And the reply comes back, Moab lies in ruins, disgraced, weep and wail. Tell it by the banks of the Arnon River. Moab has been destroyed. Judgment has been poured out on the towns of the plateau, on Holan and Jehaz and Mesfath, to Dibon and Nebo 
and Beth Dibbathan on Carathaham and Beth Galmol and Beth Meon on Keroth and Bozrah, all the towns of Moab far and near. The strength of Moab has ended. His arm has been broken, says the Lord. Let him stagger and fall like a drunkard, for he has rebelled against the Lord. Moab will wallow in his own vomit, ridiculed by all. Did you not ridicule the people of Israel? Were they caught in the company of thieves that you should despise them as you do? You people of Moab, flee from your towns and live in the caves. Hide like doves that nest in the clefts of the rock. We have all heard of the pride of Moab. For his pride is very great. We know of his lofty pride, his arrogance and haughty heart. I know his insolence, says the Lord. But his boasts are empty, as empty as his deeds. So now I wail for Moab. Yes, I mourn for Moab. My heart is broken for the men of Ker Harath. You people of Sibma, rich in vineyards. I will weep for you even more than I did for Jazer. Your spreading vines once reached as far as the Dead Sea, but the destroyer has stripped you bare. He has harvested your grapes and summer fruits. Joy and gladness are gone from the fruitful from fruitful Moab. The presses yield no wine. No one treads the grapes with shouts of joy, yet there is shouting, yes, but not for joy. Instead, their awful cries of terror can be heard from Eheshbon, clear across Eliaha and Jehaz, from Zoar, all the way to Horaham and Eglath Sherlashai. Even the waters of Nimrim are dried up now. I will put an end to Moab, says the Lord. For the people offer sacrifices at the pagan shrines and burn incense to their false gods. My heart moans like a flute for Moab and Kereseth, for, for all their wealth is, has disappeared. The people shave their heads and beards in mourning. They slash their hands and put on clothes made of burlap. There is crying and sorrow in every Moabite home and on every street. For I have smashed Moab like an old, unwanted jar. How it is shattered. Hear the wailing. See the shame of Moab. It has become an object of ridicule, an example of ruin to all its neighbors. This is what the Lord says. Look, the enemy swoops down like an eagle, spreading his wings over Moab. Its cities will fall, and its strongholds will be seized. Even the mightiest warriors will be in anguish, like a woman in labor. Moab will no longer be a nation, for it has boasted against the Lord. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, O Moab, says the Lord. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will step into the snare. I will see to it that you do not get away, for the time of your judgment has come, says the Lord. 
The people flee as far as Heshbon, but are unable to go on. For a fire comes to Heshbon, King Sihon's ancient home, to devour the entire land with all its rebellious people. What sorrow awaits you, O people of Moab? The people of the god, the god Shermosh, are destroyed. Your sons and your daughters have been taken away as captives. But I will restore the fortunes of Moab in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the end of Jeremiah's prophecy concerning Moab. As we read the prophet's words directed towards the people of God, towards Judah, we can... It would be easy for us to think that all of the judgment is coming against God's people and no one else. It would be a logical conclusion, although mistaken, that God doesn't care about those wicked. He does not care about those that do not serve Him. He's only concerned about His people and He only disciplines His people. While one might think that, these words that we have read today show just the opposite. That God's judgment will be there for those whose wickedness is very great. God's judgment will come. Just as merciful as He is, He is also full of justice. And we will not allow unrighteousness to go on forever. That's the kind of God that we serve, that He is truly right in all things. He is righteous. He makes no mistakes. He will always do what is right. So these nations that had been long the enemies against God, they would get what they deserve as well. It would be tempting in this final moment for us to be thankful that those enemies of God that hate us as Christians, that they will get what they deserve as well. It would be tempting, but we are, would be wrong to do that. Because truthfully, if everyone gets what they deserve, then we are in a world of hurt. You see, we deserve destruction as well. And yet, because of Jesus, we do not receive what we deserve. We receive mercy, forgiveness, and grace through the blood of Jesus Christ. So as tempting as it might be for us to look down upon those that hate the Lord and hate us as His followers... Please do the opposite. Pray for those that hate us. That's what Jesus said. Encourage those. Try to share, either through word or through your good deeds, that there is a better way. So hopefully, fewer people will get what they deserve. They will also get the forgiveness and the mercy that we have received through Jesus Christ. 
Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.